at least is not pretending to be ideological. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, my Roman Empire is the, like, it only takes 27 seconds to make a meme coin video. That thing's insane. I just, yeah. And there's so many ways to, like, secretly shill. I saw this this TikTok girl I follow uh, who just does, like, food reviews in Melbourne. You know, it's like, oh, what places are good? She just, like, got canceled because all of the places were paid. Uh, so, like, someone found out. Like, every single place was, like, a paid ad. So, like, there's so many places to shill that you don't recognize are full shilling that are secretly like, oh, that guy owns a shit ton of that thing. Even in the Arbitrum, uh, like, spaces uh, talk today, like, when people are, like, you know, saying, I want to do this because... They was they were saying like so many people were saying like well I own a lot of Arbitrum so my bags are at stake which is like more fair in that regard obviously but it's still crazy like there's ways dude, to directly influence dude it's short of living in a utopian society which is literally impossible like <laughs> people like there's no like there's no situation where like there's not some secret financial incentive maybe not even secret but there's not some like underlying financial incentive like unfortunately that's maybe not unfortunately that's just the way the world works and that's like a shitty thing to say but it's kind of been the underlying premise of this entire podcast of like or the entire industry it's like well what makes this different i mean the tools are better it creates a more equitable system a more transparent system in theory so i think if we move past like i think like bankless being more open about the fact that they're just receiving these tokens is kind of a signal that like maybe we're, we're maturing in, in the sense that like we're not being naive to the fact that <laughs> a lot of this, if not all of it is driven by financial incentives. Um, that doesn't mean it, it has to be a casino. The industry has to be a casino forever, but um, <laughs> like that's, that's literally being a like a human, unfortunately, or a human that lives in a, in a world where, you know, money is a driving factor, and I don't see that changing in our lifetime. Um, so I think the sooner we yeah. can accept that. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. I think that's crypto is how a lot of people kind of learn that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because yeah. like people come up into like how the world works kind of, but in this like weird digital playground. Yeah, it's almost better that way, though, instead of like the alternative, like 30 years ago, where you college straight to a corporation and you don't really realize it until you're 30 or 35 and you know it's a maybe a little bit too late to like feel empowered not that it's too late but like you've, you've you maybe you feel like you wasted 15 years or now you're stuck in a in a career path because you have family and kids and are not financially well off i think i think i'll look back and i mean you see because we kind of grew up in it uh and be like yeah it was fucking crazy but we we learned so much and even just a span of like one or two months um yeah i don't know it'll be interesting to see like in the in the in the postmortems 10 to 15 years from now how uh <laughs> being chronically online and raising an entire generation in the digital world uh affects uh business and the psyche and your relationship with money and culture and people and secret financial incentives but yeah i mean we kind of going off the whole like a theory not that ethereum is losing its like 
power, but it, I think a lot of people, Frisian, you included, we've talked about this in past episodes, like becoming a multi-chain bro, like TM. Um, and then with Tally, like we've been announcing chain support like crazy. Like I think we just, like six new chains went live on Tally uh, just yesterday or two days ago. Um, it's a multi-chain world out there. Um, I want to hear either of your thoughts on on what's the status in terms of like how it, how it relates to DAOs. Like when I think about you know, I look at Tally and there's 15, 16 chains to choose from. Um, maybe from like a from a, from the chain itself's perspective, and also from a user perspective. Like, what is the key to getting DAOs on those chains? Or like, when I'm looking to start a DAO, you know, why would I choose one of those chains over the other? Because right now, to me, in my head, if I'm gonna go launch a new project or a DAO, I'm gonna probably choose Polygon. Um, just because that has the most thriving DAO ecosystem. Um, but is that because it's inherently better than the other chains, or is it just because they were early movers and enabled you know, DAOs to be built early, early on? I think the most important differentiator at this stage is really go-to-market. Um, I think, uh, well, I'll take a step back. Uh, it does depend somewhat on the kind of project you are, um, and I think it's really important to uh, think about the long-term viability of the tech. Um, so that's probably step one is just like, do I think that this chain is going to be here? And is it sufficiently decentralized? Is it going to be sufficiently decentralized, you know, to exist over the long term? Um, but then beyond that, it's really like, am I going to be able to, like, to what extent is launching on this chain going to help me, uh, you know, drive growth? of my product and that's everything from like the existing ecosystem right like are there already users or are there going to be users on the chain that overlap with the users that you want um and then also like is it a supportive ecosystem in terms of like helping you uh get grants or get in front of the right people um so i think that's like what a lot of builders are thinking about um i think for tally like where we want to get is to kind of like abstract the chain part entirely, right? So if you're an app like Tally, where you're just like, yeah, a consumer, basically a consumer app or like a business app for doing some kind of Web3 thing, in the case of Tally, it's governance. You want to just be able to come to Tally and just, it doesn't matter right, what chain you're on. You're just like, uh, you know, I want to do a governance thing in this DAO, you just go there and do it, right? But from like a from uh, uh so it also depends on like what kind of application you are i guess so if you're if you're trying to be like a consumer app i think you want to abstract the chain completely um and then i think if you are an app where sort of like liquidity matters um and it's important there's like a relevant aspect of kind of like who you're on the chain with then it's really about figuring out what it means for your go-to-market strategy yeah, I also remember when like I first started working like full time in the space and it was everyone was polygon. Like that is just so what I remember. Um but now it seems like I have a lot more day-to-day -day interaction. Um or at least like on Twitter I hear about more um like Arbitrum and Optimism and even like base and some of the more random like hype ones that could turn out to be legit or could turn out not to be. Um but yeah, I wonder also, like, what's the major argument between using, like, running your DAO on Ethereum instead of an L2? 
Um, the relationship with the foundations to the DAOs is becoming so important. Even what was in the newsletter last week when we talked about grants and like centralized entities giving out grants, some are less on that scale, some are more. And I was thinking if I, if I were to start a DAO, um, right now or start a project, um, I would literally just look who's giving a grant and how easily I can get that grant. I have a few friends who, um, operate on like the xrpl because ripple's giving out so many grants so they're like they're like yeah we started we didn't really know where to go um like we were on like uh thinking about some random ones like less popular at least right now like mantle um but now we've decided like that's where the money is we're just gonna go where the money is and that's gonna take us the best and we'll deal with the like multi-chain stuff later on um which makes a lot of sense to me the DAOs I've stuck with, um, like Ethereum from the get go, are now also giving out their own, um, like their own grants, which is interesting. I wonder how, um, like, yeah, Polygon's potentially restarting their grants program. Everybody's got a grants program now. It's just becoming so important, even in our chats with the. Um, with the Polygon ZK EVM people we're saying like, how can we get this in front of builders? And they're like, Oh, we have all of these resources where we directly connect with builders. Um, which just, I don't think was that much of a thing years ago, right? Like you're not relying on or expecting or probably not even hoping for that much support from the foundations, um, or like the more centralized entities. Um, there i guess hmm. do you feel like the peer-to-peer um aspect has decreased as like um DAOs become more reliant on their foundations for grants like you're not partnering with if i'm running on polygon i'm not partnering with another polygon project but i'm partnering with the polygon grants giver yeah i do think i think that kind of ties into kind of the challenge and opportunity of DAOs broadly. We've talked a little bit recently about this idea of the tyranny of structuralistness that Rika from Content Guild wrote about um, last month. Like, if you have um, if you have a resource, like a, a protocol, right, like Uniswap, we're looking at their DAO page right now, um, and you, there's a protocol and also like a treasury of, of uni tokens, um, and you try to think about how to like coordinate around that in a decentralized way at the end of the day there's just going to be like new types of kind of groups or power structures that emerge right um it's, it doesn't really work to coordinate where there's like 10,000 individuals right and there's no sort of like mechanism for like aggregating the interests of various of those I- individuals right and that's why you see you know in the in the IRL non crypto world, things like governments and corporations and nonprofits start to emerge um, or have emerged, you know? Um, so I, I think, you know, uh, like when you think about the question of grants, right? Like at the end of the day, it's pretty hard to coordinate like peer to peer, like who should be giving each other funding, <laughs> right? Um, and so you start to introduce things like foundations or protocols like Gitcoin for people to like allocate funding to each other. Um, uh, or even something like Tally and Governor, right? Is kind of like, you know, if you think about it, if you think about it, like an on-chain proposal is a way of kind of like aggregating, creating like a power structure around um, 
around the protocol or the resources that it's governing. So at the end of the day, I think of foundations as just like one of the power structures that emerge inevitably within a DAO. Yeah, it's arguably the one that is is the obvious first one. Um, just makes sense to do that, and then like as as the ecosystem matures and it has more players, hopefully, um, other sources of you know peer to peer sharing and businesses will will kind of emerge. Um, which is just like it, at least to the point of like there's so much like we talked about last week, like shitting on foundations just doesn't really make sense. Um, at least when there's there's no if you're shitting on a foundation and there's you're not you know providing alternatives to uh funding the the foundations to 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 you know invigorate the ecosystem then it doesn't really make sense so yeah all right i don't know if you guys saw but um zora launched a new feature yesterday which to me is like one of the i think will be one of the more important primitives that exists in the coming year in terms of onboarding people have you guys seen it is this going to be a live reveal i just i just saw the fire meme on twitter of like yeah conveying the message you know yeah. no it's required no onboarding required just yeah me, bro. so yeah so what happens is i'll pull up the tweet as i talk about it but um if you are trying to like for me, this is what I'm gonna. I'm literally gonna do this with some some of my artist friends. Um, I'll be like, "Yo, if you want to put your art on chain, but you don't have any like, you don't have a wallet, you don't have a crypto, you don't have an account, whatever, you don't have ETH, just submit it on Azora, and then it it places the onus on the or the responsibility, not the responsibility, but um, the person who mints it first is essentially paying the mint fee for that. And then you get a reward as the first mentor, part of the creator awards down the line. I think you can opt out of it as well. But like you literally like, I'll have a friend who's an artist be like, Hey, some, uh, put this, post this on Zora. I'll mint it. Um, you'll automatically get, uh, ETH sent to your wallet. And now you've basically been onboarded into the system. Um, which is fucking sweet and genius. And also like, it, it can't happen unless it's something as, you know, adopted as Zora, but uh i think it's pretty sweet and i'm excited to see what happens with it in the uh coming months and years i think it's a very important primitive that's so cool yeah it's like one of those things that you're like i can't believe that this doesn't already exist yeah i mean zora in my opinion like we talk about friend tech a lot but i feel like zora is very consciously riding the line between crypto and the normie world and trying to combine it like as seamlessly as possible which is is, a, is i think the way the, we hit the onboard the next billion users meme um i think those there'll always be the hard protocol DAOs the same way in the not the real world but like the meat space world there are the hard industry sweaty startup world like with you know energy and infrastructure and whatnot um but not to like i feel like consumer crypto is so like a not a thing to say because it's just been beaten to the ground the past couple weeks but like you know like economies can't flourish without consumers and i think uh zora is going a long way in in bringing consumers into crypto and giving uh new like this i i see this as a way to like seed a community for a dao um outside of like people that are already in crypto because right now like in, in in the dao space 
in my experience, it's like, okay, we're trying to attract people that are already onboarded into the system to join this DAO. How do we attract people that aren't in the crypto ecosystem to join the DAO, to join the project, to join Tally, to join these apps? And I think this is a, a very positive step in the right direction. People thinking about, I feel like it's a shift in the way um, creators are thinking about um, crypto, which I think is very important because I think the the current, you know, Ethereum and crypto uh, meme is pretty low and negative in terms of like the normie world. So interesting to see. Yeah, I remember back in the day when it was like, fuck UX, like we only care about the technicals, like doesn't matter as long as the code's good type of stuff. But even like trying to get my mom, not even like, to get her to do something, but even sitting right next to her and being like, okay, now let's do this. Now let's do this is a whole like exercise. Um, so that'll be exciting. I wonder where else like it can be applied. Um, this like maybe next it'll be like some kind of, I don't know. That's like NFTs are like a transactional thing. I guess a lot of stuff is. Mm. Yeah. But it, I feel like if you I don't know, see base doing something like this for like wallet people. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of moving away from the transaction or it's it's minimizing the like onus of like it is a transaction and it's more of like you are creating something, you're putting it into this ecosystem and people are supporting it. There's very little crypto messaging here. Um or like if I'm gonna if I'm going to pitch this to a friend, there's almost zero requirement for me to explain that it is crypto, right? It is a Primitive that underneath is built on crypto rails, but it's not a crypto product in my opinion, which is, I think, very important uh, to attract the normies. The same thing with like DAO infrastructure. How do we get, and this goes back to like the app thesis version has been talking about the, couple, the last couple of weeks is like, it's the killer app. It's not the chain. The chain is powering the killer app, but the killer app is what, like the same way, like all the apps built on top of like web two internet, right? Like. No one really thinks about it as using the internet anymore. You just think about using Amazon or you think about, you know, ordering on, on an e-com brand. Um, that's obviously taken 20 years to get to, but that's kind of like the seeds that are being planted right now. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's important to consider when people find out about the crypto part, right? I think this is part of the beauty of account abstraction is uh, the way crypto has worked in the past, if you want to do something on-chain, you first have to figure out how crypto works. Then you do the thing you want to do, like swap the token, mint the NFT, vote in the DAO. I think a better onboarding path is like, uh, you want to share your art with friends and potentially make money on it. So you like press some buttons on Zora and then you're on your way. Um, and then it's like in the, this example, right? Now someone actually wants to like mint it or buy it, right? That's the point at which you're starting to understand, okay, this is going on chain. Like there's this smart contract that allocates revenue, blah, 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 right? Um, so I think shifting the point at which people start to try to have to wrap their heads around the crypto part um, backwards and closer to the point that like the value is actually being delivered is is super important. Well, Let's run through some some tally news for this week. 
We've talked a lot about Arbitrum Security Council. Round two kicks off tomorrow. If you're listening to this, it's already kicked off um, on October 6th. We'll have some content out around that. Um, remember, CHG is running. Shout out to CHG. Any updates on like what's happening with that process? I know you said there was a was a call today where everybody you know gave their pitch to vote for them for the Security Council. Um, there's like 24 candidates that are in round two, and six get elected. So, CHG, any anything that people should know about or look forward to over the coming weeks? Yeah, I think I'll just emphasize like you gotta vote in the first seven days or the votes decay quickly. Um, which I feel like I mean, obviously we'll emphasize it um when round two goes live and stuff, but I feel like that's it's like a why is nobody talking about this um moment. Um, especially how the last round went when so many of the votes were put in, um, you know, at the day before. So yeah, that's a good thing to know. But yeah, so far so good. The um, compliance check was um, not super strenuous. I wonder, um, they haven't said, right, how many people completed the compliance check. I assume it will be all, but to be fair, there were a lot of like, there. it was a lot of like simple, but a lot of things. So I wonder, I was also like searching my email, like, did I miss any of this stuff? So I wonder if anyone will have like forgotten one random thing, not made it. But yeah, all the 24 candidates are super qualified, like in the spaces this morning. It was refreshing that um, everybody has a really good background. I think the thing that I'm hoping for the most out of the election is that the candidates have like diverse backgrounds, actually. Um, a lot of people, um, well, obviously, everyone has a similar background of someone else running, basically. So I'm hoping that the six who end up are people from six different backgrounds, which should be cool. Um, but yeah, I'm also interested to see like, like, you know, like the, what even Frisian, what you said, like some of these sort of weird crypto unique things that are also just like office politics. Like, do you vote for people that like you're friends with? Do you vote for like, somebody you know it's it's a complicated thing so i know like everybody has relationship to at least some of the delegates um which is fair and probably how it should be um but it'll be interesting just to see like how the votes actually play out and if they'll ever do some kind of like more intense um like rules around who you how you can campaign who you can vote for in the future should be a good like first election i think it's going really well so far and they can iterate on it i mean it's like a really cool like example for so many other projects even tally's talked to right a few places that are thinking about creating some kind of um like security council thing i've been involved with a few of those things but this one is super official um which should be exciting let's go round two yeah i have to figure out who i'm gonna vote for it's really stressful <laughs> I know. Yeah. Our boil in the it's, house. There's so many yeah. people. And it's so hard to like uh, even some of the people like they were calling each other different names today on the call, like confusing where people worked or like what experience they actually had. So like, yeah, I can't imagine as a delegate. Um I was saying like I think it would be you know, if you had all the time in the world like to think what six people would like work together cuz ideally, right? You create a team that's like different time zones, different expertises, like different regulatory concerns, different backgrounds, but it's not super feasible to do when it's like at this scale, you know? So 
It'll be interesting who ends up in there because even if it's like the six most qualified people, it might not be the six that you would ideally want um, dealing with an emergency because of all these random external factors, you know? Again, I mentioned earlier, we had a ton of chains go live on Tally. Go check those out. See if you want to build. Tally newsletter went out this week. It goes out early in the week, every week from CSG herself. So we'll link it in the show notes as well. Go check that out. Round two for the Arbitrum election starts tomorrow or today. If you're listening to this, remember seven days to vote before those voting power starts to decay. So make sure if you have ARB tokens, go check out uh, the ARB Security Council election interface on tally.xyz slash Arbitrum. Otherwise, that's it. This has been Dot Talk episode 58. We will see you next week for episode 59. Peace. Peace. Peace.